You are now tuned into Progressive Action Radio, the most objective show in America. Hosted by Tramel Thompson, co-hosted by Jamel Wilson, and DJ Damage is on the wheels of steel. You will never know what to expect when thoughts and wisdom unite. People! Get ready. 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 Progressive action is now live. Welcome to Progressive Action Radio. We back. We back in full effect. You know, um, what's going on, cuz? I'm chilling, man. What's going on? You know, I'm telling you, know, I, w- I was sleepy, but, you know, as soon as I just turned on the show, I just wake up for some reason. Oh, yeah, definitely, man. <laughs> it's, it's something about the show that just, just it's, it's, it's very vibrant, it's, it's lively, and it's serious, you oh, know? I see you got on your Perfidel shirt today. Yeah, I got my Perfidel. I'm supporting, you know? <laughs> Perfidel. Jamel supporting the cause today. <laughs> <laughs> Always. Yo, if y'all don't know, you know, you can log on to my website, perfidel.com. You know, I got some nice clothes up there. It's, we doing very well. We selling all over the United States. I know what it's. I know what it's like to be an entrepreneur. So I support anybody who's small starting out. I mean, out I mean, you're an entrepreneur too. We got progressive action. We turned that into a business we too, it into right? A business. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> you sure did. On the serious side, you know, <laughs> we turned progressive action into a business. Oh yeah, definitely. We ain't, we ain't just playing around. Mm-hmm. Now, now this show right here. Matter of fact, let me touch on last week's show. If you didn't hear last week's show, especially the women, if you want to get an idea of what men talk about in the barbershop, I think that you should listen to that show. Oh, yeah, definitely. (laughs) It was supposed to be a show about education, but we just had a conversation and it was beautiful. You know, it wasn't no boundaries. We talked about everything, monogamy, uh, education, political stuff you know we we was just having a conversation it was beautiful and the week before that you know once again we had steve downs and roger toussaint and and you know it was very interesting people still talking about that show are uh bickering and other other pages facebook pages and you know saying they little things so this week we brung um joe back right that's right and I'm quite sure Joe listened to the show because he came with rebuttals right after the show. And we like, look, we got to bring Joe back. Definitely. <laughs> got to bring Joe back just to, just to hear what he, his point of view. That's right. So That's, that's it, right, ladies and gentlemen. So we want you to strap on and get, your, and get some popcorn or get yourself get some water. So uh, get yourself ready because we got uh, Mr. Joseph Campbell back in the building. And we also have to come on the show also Mr. John McCarthy, retired uh, former um, from the uh, New Directions, one of the founders of the New Directions faction, and also from the track department. So the, I think we're going to have a good show here. Yeah, he, you know, he was here since uh, the 80s. So late he, 70s. Late 70s. So yeah. he's coming with a lot of history. He's coming with a lot of history, yeah, because this is the first, matter of fact, John McCarthy, you happen to be the first one to come on the show who was on the clock for the 1980 strike. So this is going to be some interesting information that's going to be given tonight. You yeah, know? yeah, it ain't it ain't gonna be hearsay. It's gonna be you know he was there say he was there say exactly. <laughs> exactly. He was there say yeah. So you know, um, Joe, what's up, man? I'm feeling good. Thanks so much for having me on the show again. Always great to see you guys and see uh, love seeing that the show's doing so well. How you doing, John? I'm doing very well. Very well. 
I'm very happy to be here. Very happy to be here alongside Joe. Very happy to be talking to you guys. Yeah, you know. Um, and your fine show. Thank you. You know, John, John was up here supporting before, but he didn't get a chance to get on. We got him, we got him on this time, which I feel good about. Yeah. We got him up here with Joe, so this is going to be very interesting. Now, Joe, I, I want to jump straight into it right now. What didn't you like about the Tucson and Steve Downs as far as, like, maybe lies, discrepancies that maybe Roger may have forgot, maybe that Steve may have forgot? Or maybe what Steve may have said or maybe Roger may have said. You know, basically, what you know, whatever rebuttals you have, basically now is the time to get it out. Yeah, or, or basically, how about this? How did you feel about Steve saying that the uh, international vice president spot was part-time? You know, he one of the things he said when he came up here was like, I'm not here to speak for the leadership. That is exactly who was here to speak. He, he was he was carrying that water, man, like Gunga Den, I swear. And, you know, to say that the executive vice president's job is part-time, you know, is, is an insult not just to, like, you know, local 100 members paying dues. You know, a third of, of your dues go to the international. Um, but... Other locals, there's like 200 other TW locals across the country whose members are paying dues to John Samuelson to be president of Local 100. Um, there's already a bit of a, you know, they have their own pages out there and they talk about that, um, that, you know, they have their own problems like we do. So You're talking about the international? The other locals in the international. Oh, okay, okay. And, and a lot of them are a lot smaller than us. Like, I can guarantee you, you talk to 90% of our members, they don't even know about any international. Um, because we don't need them. We, we're very self-sufficient. Um, we take care of our, our problems. We take care of our business. The international for us is more or less a federal government um, a broker, like, you know, um, going after legislative uh, uh uh, policies, uh, budgets, whatever, transportation budget in 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 um in in Washington D.C. So that's what we really need them for. Uh, but other locals are small, and the international is everything to them. Um, so to find out that the number two officer is is working part time um, for two hundred seventy thousand dollars a year, that's a that's a slap, you know, whap slap. Now, and, and if you're making two hundred seventy thousand dollars on a part time job. What would you be making if it's a full-time job? And what would you be making if there was overtime on top of a full-time <laughs> job? If you're making $270,000 on a part-time job. It was good work if you can get it. Yeah, that, that was my question. But <clears throat> the thing I'm trying to understand with that is, can he pull salaries from both? No. So you just take the biggest one. But what I found interesting as far as with the 2015 LM2s, he had disbursements of 20-something plus thousand that was charged to the local. So I wanted to know how did that work, being that he could get those disbursements through the local, but he's claiming the international as far as um, paying for his salary. Because even as a vice president, he does get a, a, a credit card. He has a credit card, car, all expenses paid. And, and him being local 100 president, he should have a credit card for there too? Sure. So, I mean, I, I would consider that two salaries. Well, yes, in 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 respect, absolutely, it is two. It because you are getting expenses from both sides, right? Um, it's it's it's. Uh, you know what? He he needs to come and answer that question. Why he does that? But if you if you really want my take on on how this would be done, 
Because it's not against the, the, the Constitution to, to hold two offices within the, um, within the, you know, the TWU of America, um, a local president and a, and a top officer. It's not, it's not against the rules um, to hold those positions, but I don't believe that TWU locals throughout the country should be paying him to take care of local 100 business. I don't care whether um, Lombardo, for our members who don't know, is the TWU president, Harry Lombardo, mm-hmm. if he assigns John Samuelson to Local 100. Um, I believe that when you're working here, you should be getting Local 100 money, and if you go to D.C. to do anything down there for the international, then you should get international money. And, 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 and you, you submit your pay to Local 100, when you're here, and you submit your pay slips to TWU when you're there, and not collect just one big fat one for everything. I don't believe in that. Yeah. What, what is the job for the international for the people who don't know? Well, the international is the union, actually, founded by Mike Quill, started here in New York. We're just one local out of 200 locals. Their job is to make sure that all the other locals um, do their jobs and have the resources to do their jobs. So they, are, they oversee. They're like the managing directors of every single local throughout the country. We have locals in San Francisco, um, Oakland. Miami. Um, yeah, Miami. Um, shout out to 568 down there. Good friends of mine. Philadelphia. Philly, big one, right? That's where Lombardo comes from, right? Philadelphia? He or? came out of Philadelphia, the transit union there. Um, you know, I, like our little brother, like, you know, exactly what we do, they do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, so all across the country, they need to have some kind of central government. And that's what the TW International is. There's, a t- there's, t- there's five top positions, president, executive, um, vice president, treasurer, and two administrative vice presidents. Okay. Okay. So, and, yeah, go ahead. Okay, no, no. Go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. So, um, with him being being the, the part-time, <laughs> that's what Steve said, right? That's what Steve part, said, yeah. Part-time, we deserve a full-time president. And, I, and it should be assumed that way. And I don't think the Constitution, um, you know, says no to that because I'm, I'm figuring it's supposed to be assumed that whoever gets the position, that it's a full-time position and not a part-time position. Yeah, well, you're basically the number two man. You're running everything. So how can we get changes to the amendments to the Constitution itself? Next year, there's a convention. The convention, um, I don't know exactly when because the date hasn't been set yet. Um, I'm assuming it's in Las Vegas, but wherever it is. Um, the 2018 convention, not only is just international elections, but um, all kinds of things are brought up on the floor. And one of them is constitutional amendments and changes. Okay. So, John... Yes. Tell, tell the people, because you knew here, tell the people um, a little bit about your history. Well, um, I'll go back. Well, once upon a time, no, four picks and seven years ago, the transit worker, <laughs> transit worker humor. You know. uh, I got hired on November 19th, 1979. Uh, the strike was April 1st, 1980. So I guess I basically had four and a half months when the, that strike happened. I also was a founding member of the Hell on Wheels newsletter, which in '83, which became New Directions in 1985, and uh, I've held several positions in different times in, in that time. Uh, I was elected to the local executive board from Track in December '91. I did two terms, and then I did two terms as a vice chair 
in the new the new century this century <laughs> uh, also i also was after roger got elected a few months later I, I, he brought me onto the elections committee and i could say one of the things i think i heard from somebody else one reason he put me on the election committee was that i could talk to a lot of different people you know uh, and a lot of different people might listen to me i had that type of thing that uh you know, this ain't fair. You're not going about it fair. Or, you know, you're doing it wrong. You know, when people are running for something, you know, this and that, this and that, different things like that, that I could talk to people and I could cool people. I could also could cool people out. Uh, these elections can be very, when you're up there on election day, when all this stuff is happening, some people get very um, heated. They yeah. can get very heated. And I, he thought maybe, so I heard from somebody else that he said, he thought, I'm somebody that I've been able to talk to people in the different factions in the local. And if you want me to, I could talk about the time. Uh, I don't know how much you want me to talk about uh, the 80s, the 90s, uh, you know. Oh, no, please, uh, you know. Because I'll, I, just, I'll just start off. Okay, yeah. I'll start off. I retired just a little over two years ago. I've been retired, and I worked 34 years. And to um, <clears throat> start a new direction, I, I could even go back to the 1980 strike was caused by there was a rank of file movement in transit back then and they were responding to the city fiscal crisis and how other department transit never laid anybody off then but the police department fire all kinds of city workers were laid off and i think some some city workers some cops and fire department did i'm trying to remember did some of them come on to transit? They did. Um, many police yeah, officers came on was, to, to fuel buses. Yeah, right. to help people not being were, laid off. They you were know? bus drivers, too. Yeah. yeah. Some, yeah. some of them stayed on, but, but I, I was told some of them stayed on because I met a couple of them before they retired. And then, uh, a lot, but a lot of them went back to the police force, of course. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what I'm saying is the city physical crisis had a very strong effect on all city services, and it did on tra transit. It really had an effect, too, like the other city services. Um, what it was and what it was doing to the workers was that uh, the contracts were very bad. The one or two contracts, uh, you know, leading up to the, you know, from the city crisis on until the 1980 crisis. The 1980 contract were bad, you know, and very little money, very little money, uh, you know, was coming in. There also was the system was basically falling apart, too. And I guess I'm getting ahead of myself in saying that uh, immediately after, within the year after the contract was April 80. 1981, there were 21 derailments. 21 derailments of the subway trains, you know. Now, there's almost never a derailment. I don't know when was the last derailment I heard. Or they happen once or twice a year, maybe. At, at sometimes, maybe one time a year. you know. But this was a year where it happened 21 times. So I got ahead of myself with that. But let me go back. What happened with the 1980 strike was that... Who was the president at the time? Oh, uh, John Law. Okay. Um, the, the dis, they were called dissidents. The rank of file movement that was then was called dissidents. And the dissidents had one more person on the executive board than John Law's people. John Law is the president and running the union. So a strike was forced. Uh, John Law did not want that strike. John Law did not want that strike, but John Law thought, let me, let me get it out of, let the workers get it out of their system. And uh, we'll come back. The contract ain't going to be that good. The workers will be mad. 
And what also happened was that the rank and file movement had like three or four different groupings. Like now you could say uh, the only rank and file movement I know of is Giants of Workers United, headed up by Joe Campbell. The, you know, but at this time there were three or four different ones. And when it came to the 1981 elections, three or four slates ran against the incumbent slate, the John Law, the official Local 100 slate. So they lost, and uh, the workers were demoralized. It's also a little bit similar to uh, 2005. The workers got very demoralized instead, uh, after the strike was over. And instead of seeing uh, that they stood up, instead of feeling proud and having your chest out and stood up, uh, people felt demoralized, demoralized and stuff. And I might get ahead of myself once again and talking on the 2005 show. I'll, co I'll come back to the 80s again. But let me talk about the 2005 strike. After that strike happened and it was called off, you know, it ended. And workers, workers, a lot of the workers were like, um, you could watch the newsreels from the Depression that are on in different, something on public television, some films, that talk, documentaries that are talking about the 1930s. They'll show the, the bread lines and the soup lines in the 1930s of the Great Depression and how the people on that line we're always looking at the ground, we're always uh, looking at the ground and woe was me, woe was me. And I would say those people had something to say woe was me about. But a lot of workers at the 2005, December 2005 strike came back that same way. And what the problem to me was that conscious forces inside Local 100 uh, reflected that back that thing of woe is me, woe is me, you should feel a guy, a big guy on the bread line during the depression, woe was us, you know. And that had a big effect that how could conscious union people be saying that to people? How could they uh, be reflecting that back instead of uh, you go into a strike, it's any form of struggle. Any form of struggle, you get to throw some punches while you're in struggle. But that doesn't mean that your opponent just stands there and takes it like uh, one of those kitty clowns, those clowns that uh, at the bir kitty birthday parties, that you punch it and it comes back and it always keeps coming back. <laughs> that powerful entity you're up against, whatever powerful entity you're up against, and on strike we're up against, uh, we're up against the MTA. We all know the MTA is a powerful entity. Just because you stepped into the ring, say you declared a strike, it was the first strike in 25 and a half years, that doesn't mean you automatically win everything you ever wanted. That means you're involved in a struggle. And when you're in the word struggle, in, in it, it kind of says that, you, you know, you could take a couple of bruises too. If struggle is so easy and we never, and we're guaranteed victory, we would, you know, that isn't, that isn't the way, that, that isn't the history of the world. Yeah. You know, and I, I, I'll continue on that in a bit in that, uh, going back to something like a rebuttal to Steve. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm getting off track. Should, should I, yeah, yeah, should talk, I say talk, 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 talk. Rebuttal to Steve. Steve talks about how the 1.5 was so terrible, and 1.5 for medical benefits for retirees was so terrible in the 2005 contract. But the 2% in our latest contract, we might we ought to get out the trumpets, and it, it's wonderful. <laughs> I don't understand. I don't understand. Samuelson and his crowd, ever since the strike, were always harping on that 1.5, that 1.5, that 1.5. Okay, okay, you're going to have a contract, Mr. Samuelson, and your crowd. 
I would think you would try to get rid of the 1.5. Mm-hmm. But no, they come up with a 2%. <laughs> <laughs> and they tell you, and they told the members, it's like, uh, oh, we're not pissing on you. Uh, and the t- we, ourselves and the TA are not pissing on you. It's raining out. <laughs> <laughs> what you got to say about that, Joe? Well, um, I have actually a, a little piece of the show, if you guys uh, would let me. Um, I wrote a grievance on the, um, um, that, that, that additional 0.5%. Um, and, and, and this is for the benefit of people who have a, um, uh, who, who, who still continue to have the high option rider um, because it, it, it isn't just dental. It isn't just better dental than we used to have, but it was also, you know, superior medical. And now they're giving us a choice. But that's a, that's a, that's a little bit of an explanation. So why don't we just stick with John and, and, and I, you know, and, and I'll go into that in detail. Because it's interesting, and, and the people that are out there will say, yeah, finally someone's speaking up on this because they're ripping us off. I mean, you could talk about it now if you want. Well, I, he, if he's giving history, I, you know, I didn't want to jump around. I'll huh? say something about that again, uh, the 1.5. Before the medical benefits for retirees, if you, lived in the, if you retired and stayed in New York State, New York City, New York State, you got uh, hip, I believe it was hip back then, and you had free medical care. But like a lot of we all know that a lot of retirees move away, mm-hmm. you know, they go south. Uh, some retirees go to Puerto Rico. Some people go to the south. Some people go to Nevada. Some people go to California, you know, and they a lot of these retirees, as you get older, a lot of times this is when your medical things happen to you and you need medical cool procedures. Your medical bills can go up. So a lot of these guys, a lot of these folks would I'm going <clears> to <throat> schedule my most uh, heavy stuff I need for my medical when I come visit my kids and my grandkids in back, back in New York. And I'll use hip, I'll have hip. So these people, they had to do this because uh, the reimbursement rate was uh, frozen at the 1988 rate. So we all know since 1988 to 2005 that medical costs around the country went away up. Uh, I'll say another anecdote or whatever comment. Let me, let me ask you this: Was yeah. was the medical better in 2005 than 2012? <laughs> as far as the benefits, because I'm hearing that the dental, you know, is is, is you know, d- oh, dentist office oh. talking about our, our medical not good. I've heard that from I've heard that from loads and loads of uh, members. Uh, Samson's crowd, the union claims, uh, there were these benefits, dental benefits were improved. Nobody seems to be able to find these. Everybody's complaining about their dental benefits are worse. The dental, I went to the dentist and he was going to do this procedure, this and that. Uh, And then he said, your plan does not cover it. When it was things that, that it was a procedure that was covered prior to 2012, but the members are told there's improvements in dental. Nobody seems to be able to find them. Once again, I'll say nobody seems to be able to find them. Yeah. No, because basically when I went to my dentist's office um, there you go. a week or so, a week, uh, about a month or so ago, I asked, the, I asked the, the dentist, I said, how do you feel about our dental, which is what, HealthPlex? And basically they, I said, if you had to rate it on a scale of one to 10, how would you rate it? He said a five. See, now, that, that's crazy because I, when I go to my dentist, I don't have no issues. None. I had an extraction. I had um, just regular routine work. 
and and nothing they ain't say nothing they said my my insurance was, was good well like i said the insurance covered it but what i'm saying is that it doesn't cover a whole lot more. No, nah, I know? think the limit is is less than fifteen hundred yeah. dollars a year, something crazy like that. Well, the, the Helplex is not good. Um, you know, it's just something that you know the TA just got it off their off their screen. They were like, "Union, you want it? Go ahead, we'll pay you X amount per member. You run the fund." Um, it, it didn't get better. The only difference is now we're paying for it, and I guess it does it does lead into the grievance because. Um, the grievance talks about in 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 in, in the uh, remedy. It talks about how what are we paying for? In other words, here I am, right? I have what used to be um, the GHI high option right. It was taken over by Empire, but it, it included GHI Dental, which was a superior dental to the dental we we used to have, and um, and very respected among dentists. The PBO is only about twenty six hundred, I believe, but. You know, it, it, you, you could find a lot of dentists, especially pediatric dentists, which was important to me, at, you know, definitely important, important to me at the time. And, um, you know, so I was very satisfied with it. But also the, the high option rider came with superior hospitalization and a better scheduling payment. What John had just mentioned about 1988, and that's true, I think it was 87, but close enough, where, you know, your health benefits were paying that, that year's money to a doctor for, for, for procedures and checkups and stuff like that. That's why doctors are dropping our coverage. But high option was, was taken to 2005 um, payment schedule. So more doctors, especially out of network, let's say you were out of, out of town somewhere and something happened, more doctors will be you know, uh, willing to pick you up because your, your medical is superior. Now moving on to this HelpPlex situation. Now before this thing came along, high option people like myself never had a problem with this because it was always good. Um, we, we, we decided to pay more, well, to pay, and we received a better service. People that didn't want to pay received the service that they got, but that was their choice. Now, Helplex walks in. I get a memo from the union, not signed, but it has the four top officers' names across the top, and it says that because you're in high option, you can't have Helplex. Now, I said, well, that's weird because I thought because I'm paying for high option, I should get that. And because I'm paying now a 0.5 extra into my health benefits contribution that I should be getting the other plan too. Um, and apparently that's not the case. So now what am I paying for? So now it tells me that in the next open enrollment period, if you want to you know, move out of, of, of um, high option and go into help, you know, and, 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 and we'll let you have Helplex. But then I'm giving up a superior medical that I've been paying for that I, that's also important to me. It's not just about my teeth. So why do I have to do that to accept the union's plan now? So, what's the, so what do you have now? I have high option. Oh, okay, but it's not high option health flex. Well, no, there is no such thing. There's no, no such thing. So, so, the, so, <laughs> so the next time they want you with your high option to go to health flex, but you will not go have the high option. But I won't, yeah, I won't have the medical. The, the, the hospitalization is 365 days a year right. with high, high option. option. And again, like I said, doctors get paid more out of the high option plan, uh, which is important if you want good doctors. So for the little bit that I do pay um, biweekly, I think it's about $27, I get all that. Um, now with Helplex, I'm paying $32 a month as a car inspector. And... Um, and I'm not getting anything. 
um, because they won't let me have it. So I wrote a grievance on this. Basically, you know, I mean, you, you're leaving the remedy open because there's like six different remedies. But what I want is the information. I want to know if, if, if the union tells me I'm not in HealthPlex, is management paying them $26.50 per month per member for those that are in high option that we're, 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 we're told we can't have HealthPlex? And, and if they are, that means that it's coming out of my point five because in the contract, the new one, that six-page Cuomo contract. <laughs> yeah, right? Cuomo's contract, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Man, that's, I, what, that's what we're going to start calling it. Yeah, right. The Cuomo I contract. I know. Cuomo contract, basically. <laughs> I, I, that's a good one, I, Joe. I saw, I saw on the news where they say Cuomo's pals are being investigated. I think about five days ago. So then I thought... Is Samson going to be investigated? Is Samson being investigated? <laughs> Cuomo's his great pal. No, Samson's a hired help. He ain't really his friend. His, friend, his friends get rich. Samson just, you know, he just does what he's told. Yeah, well, Samson's being investigated by progressive action. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he is. Progressive action. And, and, his, and his cronies. Yep. Steve Downs and Nick Waddell. Oh, oh my yeah. God. I, I also want to go back and say something about the medical benefits for retirees. And I want to say... Um, I'm jumping ahead of myself because I know I was back. I'm going back from the 80s to uh, 2005 and beyond. But uh, Roger, Roger Tucson was the president from 2001 to 2010. Rogers wanted, and the project, the project Roger was doing was trying to make us, TW Local 100, a we union that we took care of everybody. Everybody was taken care of, you know? And I think Samson's crowd... Is more of a me union. Yeah, he, he takes it's all me. It's all the what the officers' rights. What's the rights of the officers? You know those rights. You know, and and coming around what I'm trying to say when I'm making the point of the medical benefits, we had a, a sister retiree. I guess uh, all in this room know her. She recently had a hip operation, and the hip operation. She got the invoice from the hospital after it was all over. The hip operation cost seventy two thousand something hundred dollars, you know, but it was over $72,000. All she had to pay because of what the 1.5 was $50. And if we ain't have that. A hip operation, $72,000, over $72,000, the retired member had to pay, only had to pay $50. So this is, a, the Rogers Project was to take care of everybody. From the traffic checkers, to uh, whoever the titles that make the most money with the most overtime, you know. But Roger said we got to watch out for the traffic checkers, who are mostly uh, black and Latino women. We have to watch out for the station cleaners, which is like uh, an, an entry-level title. Once again, one of the lower-level things. And we need to watch out for the people that can come in, the people who are going to people hired in the future who were not on the property at the time in the ninth, the 2005 strike, we need to watch out for them, and we also need to watch out for people that did their 25, 30 years or whatever, uh, and are retired. I I worked 34 years, you know, but I'm just making the point of Roger. Roger's the project was to be holistic, be holistic, try to take care of as many facets of our members' lives. Try to take care of, try to come up with benefits, try to come up with programs. Now, some of the programs were childcare. Now, my kids were too old at the time that that was, my kids were too old 
to uh, take care of childcare, take go go to a summer camp, you know, go to summer day camp, you know. But I, you know, but hey, I think it's great you have it. I think it's great you have it. I'm gonna a lot of the programs Roger instituted during this time were programs that I never myself partook in. But I think it's great that they're there. Even though I'm not gonna specifically use the programs, it's great that these programs, these policies are in place. That's a great thing. Now, what I want to know is, John, <clears throat> and, and, and Joe, you could chime in if you, if you notice offhand. When um, did the Health Benefits Trust get turned over to management? It was um, 2002 contract. 2002 contract. And why did that happen? Why did it get turned over to management? And why did it leave our hands? Um, in 2001, um, it was determined that the Health Benefit Trust was going broke. Um, it was at early in 2001, and it, this was this this was money that was allocated to a health benefit our health benefit trust, which the union used to run um, from the 1999 contract. But at some point, because management was playing with the union, and I did I, I mean I, there had to be a collusion between the union back then in the 90s and management. I mean it's just too obvious that 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 the union actually gave them back a 45 million dollar um a, a surplus. They always you always wanted to keep a surplus in your health benefit trust. They gave them the entire surplus back. Um and because they were being told that me, you know members were going to be laid off and and it was all kinds of I heard Roger touch on it. He told you um you know what was going on back in the 90s with that administration. And, you know, they, they would bend right over to whatever management said. Oh, yeah. Oh, what do you need? You need $45 million? Sure, here you go. But every year there was a budget surplus. And we just, you know, as members couldn't figure out why, why are we giving management everything if they're coming in with surpluses? So now when, it, when, when, when the health benefit trust goes broke in 2001, just coincidentally, it was $45 million short. So what, what had to happen was that the union, I mean, at first, well, we, that's when we started taking to the streets. Um, we, had, we, were, we were putting people, you know, in midtown Manhattan right by MTA I believe headquarters. there was a rally. We had a rally in that spring. I believe it was uh, 16,000 members came out. I, I believe it was March, yeah. and we had about 16,000 members. Um, that's everybody who isn't working, Right. So that was a tremendous, tremendous uh, this show is, of strength. This is 16,000 actual people. This isn't the Samuelson count where, <laughs> where, where, where 20 people show up and you say it was 300. Yeah. This is 16,000 right. people were actually there. Well, yeah, because 16, we had— 16,000 actual members were there. We had streets. I mean, just blocked off, and it was, it was us, and it was tremendous. It was a great feeling. It was just a lot of show of power. And so we got management to cover the cost, but again— this is, it, they don't recognize, okay, there was an old administration, new administration. That's not going to matter. What they recognize, the union gave them that money. That's gone. Now we're $45 million short and we're coming to them. So when a lot of people ask about the zero in 2002, there was a zero and a three and a three. Mm -hmm. You point to that, that money that we had to pay back into that health benefit trust. Now, how did it get? transferred over to management and why um you know of course roger tucson would be the, the best person to answer this but um i can tell you that it, it was it was transferred over as a defined benefit so no matter what um management had to pay no matter if it, there wouldn't be any more budgetary shortfalls what we were entitled to under the hbt back prior to giving it to management is what we were entitled to afterwards management picks up the tab 
Medical inflation doesn't mean anything anymore. Nothing means anything anymore. Just pay it. They pay the bills, period. That's it. That was a good thing for us. That was a strong thing. A lot of people were saying that, oh, why did we give up our health benefit trust and we gave up control of our health benefits? That's not really the case because our benefits themselves became contractual. So you're not giving up anything. As a matter of fact, your benefit is, 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 is in writing. It's ironclad. And, and, and you know, unions can be um, irresponsible with your health benefit trust as well. And then all of a sudden you go to a doctor, you find out that the doctor's like, well, you, your union ain't paying the bills. You know, I mean, that's not unheard of. But, but, but to have your, your benefits, you know, ironclad, that's, that's, that's what you really, really want. And even with this um, new dental HBT thing with HealthPlex, I don't trust that. I don't trust that they won't run out of money. And right in the middle of, like, you get your teeth done. Exactly. <laughs> you know, now you got one tooth running around waiting for the next contract. Yeah. And if it's, if it's a Samuelson contract, don't hold your breath. <laughs> oh, boy. Joe came ready tonight, oh, y'all. Oh, yeah. He came ready. He came with the fire tonight, y'all. He, he got, he got, Joe just passed us around a paper. Uh, um, it was a contract, uh, contract grievance. Yeah, that's the grievance I was talking about. Um, it's important that members know this. I don't know how many people, but let's just say for there's a couple of thousand people involved in this because it's at it's at all. Um, it it this this copy I showed you doesn't list who at, who the at all people are. Um, they were added uh, prior to me submitting it, and it also has a grievance number, so it's you know it's all ready to go. But this was just. This was something that, and I don't want to give up too much of my argument before I get to argue it in front of management, but I need, to, I need the information on, on exactly, you know, what am I paying for? What are we paying for? Why don't I have both if I'm paying for both? Um, it's either you, you take some money out of the high option if I can't have that dental anymore and, and, and reduce my payment cost into that plan, or you stop taking 0.5% from me. Because in the contract... And it referenced, my, the grievance, of course, has to reference the contract because management will turn around and say, Lplex, that's a union. You, you can't grieve that here. But that's not true because they are deducting my money. And, they, and if, if, if they're deducting my money and then sending it to the union, they're, they're the middleman. They're going to answer. And, and they're, they're going to they're come up with some facts because I'm not walking out of there with, oh, okay. Oh, yeah, so, I understand. So uh, no. would, they, would they have to cut us a check? Well, that's one. You put down a remedy, right, in, a, in any contract grievance. But remedies can always be changed depending on, on you know, it's like a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a growing organism, especially at all. So you, what you want to do is you want to first put a remedy. My remedy was I want both plans. But if management turns around and says, well, that's not, that's not going to happen because, because, because. And then if they do give me a good reason for it, I'm going to say, okay, fine. Now, maybe you're going to have to stop taking my money and reimburse me, right? Mm -hmm. Um what I've been paying you for nothing uh, and everybody else uh, in the union because it is at all. So, so right now I'm saying that I want um, both plans, mm -hmm. but that doesn't necessarily mean that, um, that it's going to wind up like that. But if, if everybody got a check cut for a few hundred dollars, there's nothing wrong with that either. Now, and, and of course, then finally we could put to bed the mystery of the point five, um, because the big... What I'm saying is, because when Samuelson went around selling the contract, he told everybody, no, nah, no, nah, 0.5 is just, you know, our health benefits are very expensive, so, you know, we, we increased the 1.5, we put another 0.5 on there, which is a 25%. Granted, the 1.5 that he hated, that he loathed. Yeah, yeah, well, that's, 
for political reasons. And my thing is also with, with the Affordable Care Act, I, re- I don't think health benefits are going up, skyrocketing like that back like, like it was in the 80s. No. You know? it, was, it, it, it got to the point in the early 2000s where it was 12% a year, uh, medical inflation. I mean, that's crazy because in, in eight years, it doubles. That's that's insanity because what what doubles in eight years? Right. You know, it's it's the people that control it. I got, I got it. an answer to that. The office is up under Samuelson administration. <laughs> yeah. Salary double. Their salaries double. <laughs> and the numbers <laughs> double. Right? And but, if you read these LM2s, they they better be careful with the money they spend. Well, and, and we're gonna get into that. Oh yeah, that, I can't wait to that, get into these LM2s. <laughs> I that can't down wait. stuff. But you see here in the contract, and a lot of people might not have noticed it. But it says that the 0.5% is for not, not just rising health care costs, but for what they list as new benefits below. And what's listed below is optical and dental. So they did put a 0.5 in. So but technically, basically, and, and, and this is the, um, the dental that everyone's talking about that they don't see an improvement in, what we used to get for free, now we're paying for. Right? Now that's the big scandal because that's not what they told us. And I know that when I try to ask them questions in, in, in the shop gate about, um, you know, this, this, this thing, this 0.5, what's it paying for and how much money is it going to be? He's like, you ask too many questions. That's not an answer. <laughs> no, it's not. Who, who's he? Samuelson. Uh, he, he came up. To, he did not want to hear from me. He knew where it was coming from. I'm, you know, I wasn't the average member that was going to ask the very basic question that he can, he can answer and bullshit his way through. He wasn't going to bullshit me, so he wouldn't answer my questions. Now we're, now we're coming up on the mystery, right? Here's the mystery that could have been answered in those shop gates in 2014. Now, now it's 2016, and here comes agreements. But I want everybody to know about it. I'm not just touting it to say, hey, everybody, look what I'm doing. This is a real injustice to people if they're paying for something they're not getting. And, that's, and, that, and why are we giving the MTA our money? You know, I mean, that's ridiculous. I'm going to work and then give it back to management? Right. Who does that? Exactly. <laughs> For nothing? <clears throat> exactly. Um, so that's, that's, that's really what's going on. And, and like I said, you know, you, all you got to do, um, you know, it's, it's just easy math is figure out, you know, your, your title, what you, how much you're paying, right? I think a bus operator might be paying $29 a month. I'm paying $32 a month. It all, your, your percentage, your, your 2%. You look at what your 2% is, you look on your check, and then um, divide it by four, and that's what you're paying per month. You know, you figure out your monthly salary, and then, you know, you'll figure it out. So I'm paying $32, and I'm getting nothing for it. It's not a you know, million dollars, but, it, you know, that's money. It's still something. It's still, it's, yeah, it's still your money. It's, so yeah, it's so, money that you earn that they taking away. Right. I'm giving it back. <laughs> you know, that's, that's almost an hour's uh, work that I'm giving them back to them. Um, you know, not for nothing, but we ain't, we're, not, we're not millionaires on this job. They're taking my money back. This ain't well, uh, the guy, the guy with the part-time job, he, he, might, <laughs> yeah, be, yeah. he might be a millionaire in a couple no, of years. He, no, a couple that, of, no, no, that, no, that no, part-time no, job. He is. He, he should be one now. $1.1 million you, dollars over four, four, years, four, years. four years. You work, you work, you work four years underneath that part-time job plan that he has. You, may, you got over a million I just want to know how much the full-time position pay. Oh, well, overtime. Jesus Christ. Well, if he, <laughs> you don't even want to know what it is per hour. I mean, I, I, <laughs> I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to go into that. How much? How much he actually did over there, and, and, and what it, what it would be an hour. But I think what did I? What I two hundred seventy thousand dollars a year, which I think is a ludicrous sum for a union man to make. 
But, I mean, unless he's, like, working overtime or working the field. I mean, if he's working, like, you know, an office job, I think that's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But um, it's $129 an hour. You know, um, that's 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 what does he do anyway? Anyway, that's the math. Yeah. Wow. No matter what he makes, what does he do? Right. That's my thing. What has he done the last several years? Yeah. I can see it if you're commuting every day back and forth, sweating, going out, talking to the members, going to different locals, doing all this stuff. But you're basically cold chilling at home. Exactly. You think, you think a president of Local 100 was making that much money? You think Local 100 would be flying high and uh, everything is going Local 100's way? Uh, uh, the workers are uh, duly compensated. Everything. Nobody. Nobody gets fired unjustly. You think? Er, you think everything would be so wonderful? Yeah. See, somebody's I, making that much money. See, I, on I, a part-time job. I believe you know. <clears throat> even with like uh, Downs, Downs is like uh, Sammy Sincaro. <laughs> like, with Carl, like with, for real, that, he's like what Carl Rowe was the Bush. I believe Carl Rowe ran the country. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I think that um, Steve Downs and and even Nick Nick Bedell, they they are Samuelson advisors. Nick Bedell is Dick Cheney, <laughs> <laughs> minus the Cheney, no. minus the. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> um, but but right so. So, so you're right about that. He does listen to these two guys, and, and they are about, um, you know, like, like, like playing psychological games. They don't, they don't, I don't believe, respect the membership as people, as intelligent people. I think they see them as a little more unsophisticated. They don't believe that, you know, there's a certain uh, averaged out, a certain education level that, that competes with their own intelligence. So a lot of what we get is BS, um, and, and it's meant to con- convince the average member that, yeah, man, my, my union got my back. And, you know, the truth of the matter is they got their own back. And, right. and the analogy that, that, that I use, you know, I mean, I don't even want to oversimplify it, but I can't think of another, a better way to explain it is that you have the farmer, the cow, and the grass. And the leadership is the farmer, the union is the cow, and we're the grass. The, the, the cow eats us to feed the farmer. And that's what, that's what our union is doing. Because if it's not giving us anything for our, our money that we pay in them, then they, all they do is they just exist to exist. It's, 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 it's a system that was put in pay, place. You got to pay to play. And what are, we get, we, what are we getting out of it? We're getting nothing out of it. I mean, every, every, everything that you see is for show. Um, I, I would hold on, John. I would like to to see some kind of women's committee that actually tackled women's issues. I mean, the way I look at it right now, I mean, I don't know if they're trying or they just can't find the talent. But I'm afraid that the women's committee is just going to turn into the ladies' auxiliary. So, who, I mean, who, that's really not what their purpose is. Who put together the the women's committee? Well, I mean, this is it, it goes on and on and on. Um, different faces. It's always usually the same players in the end. So. What, what are going to be the results? You got the same players and you're going to have different results? See, my, my thing, my only problem with the women's committee is that how do we know those people that's in place are leaders? Because they need leaders. It's a, it's a very and good, vision. It's a very good point. Very good point. They, they need leaders. And, with, um, and as far as like the uh, education program that's ran by uh, Nick Bedell, why didn't they look for somebody in the inside who's actually a TWU 
member to run the education program. Well, I, I and I always I always agreed with that. We had some decent guys back in the past. I was a I was a, a big fan of Eddie K back in the day, and Eddie's still active in his eighties, running around. Um, these are you're you're absolutely right about that. But and I think I I, I either mentioned it here, or I touched on it on your page. Um, the purpose of, of a true shop steward class is to find organizers and find leaders. This, the purpose of these classes is to find soldiers and find people that will just, you know, follow you ever order. And, 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 and the job later on is to get, get the leadership elected. That's it. Get signatures, get votes. Um, it's not meant to go out and find somebody that's going to challenge the leadership one day. It, it, it does sometimes accidentally. Because you'll have somebody that, you know, is an independent free thinker walking to these classes and hoping to get the best out of it. I think you guys did that. But, um, you know, and then you walk out of there dissatisfied because it was missing that one aspect. It was missing leadership. Um, and, 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 and when you have somebody that's running a class like that, they're looking for that person. That person shows signs. Um, you, you can't teach somebody to be an organizer. They have to be born with it. It's, it's, it's a certain generosity and kindness. That, that actually comes out in, in, in a more aggressive fashion. <laughs> um, and, and, but that's, that's, that's the leader. That's, mo most of us you're going to see um, are that person. Nick, Nick Bedell uh, said that about me, but he ain't know progressive action was on the way. <laughs> <laughs> no, they didn't. They didn't know about progressive. But, I, but I, I always have a funny take on shop. Uh, maybe that's a word, wrong word I'm using on shop stewards. Uh, I was always shop steward as soon as I came on in the track department we used to you'd be in a gang and if half your half the guys in a gang it was mostly almost all men back then I'm talking about and uh, if half of them voted for you to shop steward you were shop steward but like in that debate and I would say to everybody listen to that debate between on the show between Roger Tucson and Steve Downs Steve Downs, I'm going to say something a little weird Steve Downs had a point on the shop stewards and I'll come back and say also, Roger also had a good, very good point on the, very, very great point on the shop stewards. But Steve had the point, uh, the point I say that he, you know, so can't tell me I'm subjective and I'm, I hate these guys and I won't say somebody does something good. Even back in the old days when the John Law, every once in a while did something good, Sonny Hall's administration sometimes did something good, I admit it, a broken clock can be too, can be right twice a day. Yeah, that's fair. Even a broken clock can be right twice a day. Yeah. So going back to Steve, Steve said that the shop stewards are the front, front line of presence and eyes and ears of the eyes and ears of the union because the shop stewards are really right there and the and say in, in the track. I talk a lot because I'm from track. The track, you're right there in the gang. You you know these things go on. So you're right there. You can do stuff. But Roger also had a great point. Roger had the point of, you know, yeah, this administration wants the shop stewards, would like the shop stewards to do these things and some of the things they want them to do because the low-level officers, the mid-level officers, all the officers don't want to do what they're supposed to do. Mm. And they want to sit at 195 Monty Street. We could call it the Crazy Country Club. Uh, you could call it one beer, lousy food. You could call it. You could call it Animal House, Animal House fraternity, whatever you want to call it. You know, they don't want to do it. So the shop steward is out there, stuck out there. They don't want to answer the phones. How many members? I'm retired. Like I said, I'm retired two years, but I come in contact and I'm also involved with what's going on. And so many people tell me they make these calls, they make these calls, and the phone calls are never answered. 
and they become so these low level office to high, up to the high this whole administration like I'm going back to something again that the whole thing they cry about Roger was a dictator and Roger put them, took them some made some of them go back to their tools you know but Roger tried to make them work Roger said you're an officer I was on release time you're supposed to do your work you're supposed to work Right. You know, if, and they cried at Roger, Roger yelled at me two or three times. If, Maybe I deserved yelling at whatever. Yeah. You I, know, and then once again, Roger also said the time of the dues re- revocation, we were supposed to go. One of the, one of the things we're supposed to do is go around and collect dues. And I went around, collected dues. I collected dues at night. I worked nights. I was on the night safety task force. We went around and collected dues during that dues revocation. And. Jack Blazewitz at a division meeting. Jack Blazewitz maybe was uh, uh, John Samuelson's right-hand man in the track division. Jack Blazewitz said, I refuse to collect dues on TA at the time that I'm, uh, he was uh, TA release time, so he was getting paid by the TA to be on release time. He said, I refuse to pay dues, collect dues during those times, the time I'm working, because the TA might come after me, and then they might write me up. And the TA might try to st- stick it to me. What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the union, and, and he's acting like the union wasn't going to defend him because he was now a known opponent of Roger Tucson. You know, he refused to collect dues. Yeah, yeah, that's that, that's part of the course. Jack Blazewitz, and as Roger said, John Samson, I believe, John, he said John Samson wrote these flyers telling people not to pay dues. But I believe there were anonymous flyers. Oh yeah, none of they them said. They weren't signed. No, but everybody said this is this is John Sampson down to a T. And I'll say one one more thing quickly. Uh, two months before the contract was up, 2005, I'm working in my gang. I wasn't on release time at that time. I was I was back working in the gang. I wasn't an officer. And um, into the into the quarters. This guy come into quarters that night, and this guy has a, a big big envelope with all these flyers. And the flyers were titled uh, uh, Union uh, Reporter. Corruption. Oh, the Corruption, oh, the corruption reporter. reporter. Yeah, corruption yeah, yeah. Reporter. And there were all these lies and all this stuff about the members are making this much and they're doing that, this and that. I thought this stuff was from uh, Mapsoa people. I thought that's where it was coming from. I asked the guy who had it. He put on the, the uh, makeshift uh, bulletin board here, and then we had the regular bulletin boards closer to the bathroom. So I asked him, uh, where'd you get that stuff? I, the guy answered me, I don't know. Somebody sent it to me. Somebody sent it to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so he wouldn't answer me. So I thought it was the Mapstow, the Sunny Hall types, the unre- unreconstructed Sunny Hall. Well, loyalists, what it was, you know? it was. Uh, and it was, it was, I found out, it was John Samson. John Samson was plotting against Roger all along during 2005. The distribution. And I could say another thing on that. I don't know, but I guess I'm jumping all over the place. Should I say something else? Go ahead. Okay. Uh, there was a meeting in June at uh, 32 BJ's offices. 32 BJ's um, auditorium that they have there. The meeting was the contractors coming up in December. And so Roger had what? The top offices and some vice presidents made presentations in the main auditorium. Then at a certain point, it said, uh, we're going to break down into divisions. We're going to go up to certain office, you know, certain rooms. Uh, the station department goes here. Tra- uh, maintenance way goes here. Car maintenance. So I went up to the room. 
And his, uh, sitting at the front of the room was John Sampson, I believe Jack Blazewicz, maybe Tony Gattano, but I'm not so sure if Tony Gattano was there. But they just, okay, now you're going to talk about what can we do? What can we do as being in maintenance away? Track department and the other departments are maintenance away. So, and then the other divisions had the whole, what are we going to do with station and so on, you know? But I, they immediately turned into, well, what do you guys think? And I was struck, I was struck right at that moment that there wasn't, that they didn't give some kind of monologue. Two, three, five minute monologue to start us off, warm us up. You know, you guys are the top officers for maintenance away. Why don't you give us a, where are you coming with this? What do you think? You know, but there wasn't that. And then later on, as the kind, you know, at, the, at that meeting, they gave us these nice green shirts. Yeah, I remember that. And it was the 2005 Fight Back Committee for the contract. Very nice shirt. Very nice shirt. Still have it hanging up. It's hanging up at home right now. I meant to bring it. I forgot it. Um, <laughs> but there were, these meet, there were these rallies held outside the hotel right by Grand Central, the Hyatt. Oh, the yeah. Grand Hyatt, yeah. 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 There was big rallies, and uh, you have a nice picture. I see this nice picture you have from one of those rallies. Because you're in it, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> but, but what I'm saying is that I thought about it. I, then I thought about it. You know what? I signed up for that committee and never heard nothing from June to December. And I showed up for the rallies at the hotel. I believe it was two rallies. Uh, one was uh, the day. One was the day that midnight the contract was going to expire, and the strike was put off another day or two, a couple of days at that one. But, but uh, then I was thinking, I never got contacted to do anything. And when the con when the strike came out and the the contract came out afterwards for a day or two, I was a little pissed off. That you know what, I was never contacted. I got that nice green shirt. I like, it's always nice to have a nice green shirt. Nice <laughs> shirt, right? <laughs> but, you know, good but, I thought, but I thought there was going to be some uh, thing to it. So I was a little mad at Roger and the leadership for a day or two. And somebody told me the vice presidents were supposed to take care of that. The vice presidents were supposed to, in, uh, the maintenance away vice president, uh, when John Samuelson was the acting vice president for many of those months after June, he was supposed to set in place what the, those committees were going to do. And those committees and a bunch of departments, divisions, those committees actually really did stuff. Yeah, well, we did. Actually, the days of action, days of action, getting, great people, days of getting, action. getting people ready for the, uh, the contract fight and maintenance away, there was just about nothing. Mm. We just caused about nothing ever done. But then, I was, I, like I said, I was told that was what the vice president was supposed to set that in motion. Yeah, I mean, buses was doing a, a good so, job in so car maintenance. We were emptying the shops and the depots, and we were out in the street, and the press was covering it, and we were, you know, showing our signs, just practicing. Remember those signs? Just practicing. Yep. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was, it, was, it was some great times. But you know? I remember, uh, you know, two days after the contract, was, was everything was settled, the strike was over, and the... You know, I was a little mad, but people told me. And then a little later on, the next couple of weeks, from the person that was on release time uh, track at nights, they told me. They told me that they, uh, Jeffrey Lee, good friend of mine, Jeffrey Lee, another good friend of mine, Nick Bronco, Nick Bronco's retired. Uh, Jeffrey Lee's still working. They told me that they were telling Roger that John Samson was undercutting them. 
And Roger, to some degree, I think he said it in a debate that he knew this. Maybe I walked out. I haven't heard that part of the debate. I didn't hear that fully. But John Samson was undercutting Roger the whole, the whole thing of 2005. Mm. I, w- I want to I touch on the, um, the element. I'm sorry if I went off too long on that. No, 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 okay. no, no, no. We need this information. Yeah. Right. None, of this, none of this information yeah. it goes to waste. It's valuable. All of it is valuable. And, um, you know, we are also bring you back to finish talking about, you know, a lot of this stuff because, you know, it's hard in two hours with one person to get a lot of the information out. So Joe been on Joe. Joe's our, our leading guest. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Saturday Night Live used to have a running gag, right, with Steve Martin, Alec Baldwin. Who, who could be on the show the I most? Buck Henry in the early years. Buck, Buck Henry. Henry. <laughs> I think Joe Joe's just so comfortable now, you know, it's good. Yeah, definitely. But, you know, that's the way it's supposed to be, you know. I don't know what you want to talk about next, but should I suggest this? But if you guys say no, you don't want to go that way. Yeah, let us know what you want us okay. to talk about. The thing I could talk about was once again a rebuttal, some a certain rebuttal to Steve. Two rebuttals, I would say, to what Steve said in the debate. But I don't know if you want to steer another way. You want to talk, go. I want, talk I want, to, I want to talk about the LM2s for a second. Yeah, yeah I okay. definitely want to. I don't want the night to end, but the show to end before we, <laughs> we talk, talk about, about the, the LM2s. LM2s. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. But you, you wanted to bring up a point, Joe, about um, the LM2s. <clears throat> right. That was um, one of the things was that, you know, I mean, we, 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 we were using a word called insolvency when we were talking about um, the local and, and its financial problems. And it's really, insolvency more or less means that, you know, you're so broke you can't really function. It, 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 we're, not, we're not at that point, but what, and, 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 and thanks to management, um, they, they were able to clear up some of their current debt. That doesn't mean it's not a running debt, but. Well, I know I spoke about insolvency in, in, in a show or two, and I want to go on record as stand, I want to go on record and say that, I was, after looking at the LM2s, I am, you know, I was wrong about that. You know, they they do have, they're not in the red, okay. Well, would you but cons- what would you consider in the red for a union? Well, I, uh, as big as this, I think we should have working capital, and we should just, you know, the union is living paycheck to paycheck. Basically, thank yeah. you, Joe. Yes. So, so <laughs> it, yes. it's not, it's not, we're not really solvent then. Right now, this is what I want. This is what I want to say, right on, on that. Okay. Because and I I knew they were going to do this. Um, they were going to try to show some kind of um, like, oh look at us, we're paying our bills now, and we're all good. Um, we we all, we all talked about the six million dollars that uh, the governor bribed um, the leadership to sell this contract to the members, right? And that six million dollars was going to be used for good, sound labor relations and blah blah blah, whatever. That was really just meaning we're, we're going to pay um, your bills for you. You you decide where they go where the money goes, as long as you, just, you let us know about it. I'm talking about the MTA saying this um, through the governor, and then, and then you won't have to spend your own money on it. But it, it goes even further than that. And remember what I was saying, that the $6 million was a quarter of a point. See, when it comes to the contract and when it comes to value, um, the raises come last. Everything that you need to pay for comes out of that pile of money. Whatever's left there, that's your, that's your raises. So that $6 million actually comes off the top. Okay, but the DMTA is letting the union, instead of giving it to the members as a raise, as a quarter of a point, is letting the union take $6 million and pay for their staff or whatever they need to do. Right. Now, the second, the second part of that, and, and this we haven't talked about yet, in the, in the side letter, right, uh, 
dated April 7, 2014, um, signed by uh, Samuelson and, and Tom Pendergast. Um, it talks about um, the union getting $2.6 million. Um, well, actually, they don't, get, they don't get this money. What it is is the, the management forgives the debt that the union created on its, on its own staff um, health benefits. Everybody at the, at the union, even if they're not Local 100, come through the same health benefits. Now, the union's supposed to pay management for those benefits. Um, it's, it's all the same, but the union, union pays them, right? Now, here's the amount, right? And this is, this is part two in the side letter agreement. $2.6 million previous premium payments will be hereby deemed in full. In other words, you owe us $2.6 million, but we're going to forgive that, right? Which also is coming off the top. There is no forgiving. It comes off the top. That would be altogether now $8.6 million or almost, almost a, a full, well, let's just call it a third of a point. To go so, with that $6 million that you was talking yeah, about. Yeah, so now you're talking about $8.6 million that management gave us now tell us that we're not in management's pocket after this i mean come on this is ridiculous of course now now we need to see the transcripts like hillary needs to get the transcripts <laughs> right of speeches to goldman sachs <laughs> exactly we need to see this transcript oh yeah definitely this, yeah you got to hit the this thing. Yeah, on that one with hillary yeah <laughs> so oh, you yeah. need so so <laughs> <laughs> they love a hand clap oh yeah so <laughs> so so looking at it like this right um you say that you took in $30 million and you spent $30 million, so you're all good. Oversimplifying the entire LM2, that, that would be like a bottom line if I was looking at it. Um, minus, you know, if, if you didn't have this contract with the $6 million and the $2.6, you'd be $8.6 million in the red. Management paid our bills for us. It, so they, so, and the union knew that that was going to happen, so that's why, you know, we, we lost out on some of that money. And, mm-hmm. another, and another thing that I want to touch on, Joe, with these LM2s is, you know, it kills me how these people throw a rank. This administration throws money around in this union like it's free cheese mm-hmm. and, free, and, and, and government bread, free cheese or whatever, okay? Now, my thing is y'all don't invest money, okay? Basically... Why don't you pay somebody eighty or a hundred thousand dollars to sit there and invest your money for you? That way, we can have more of a more of the, more than that little bullshit nine point eight million dollar cushion that y'all call yourself. Okay, yeah, we're not in the red because nine there's nine point eight million dollars. That's approximately what you pay in a year all your officers nine point seven million dollars. So basically. You know, we say that we're not in the red, but all it takes is for the union to get sued. That's that's all it takes for, let's just say, you know, God forbid, if the, um, you know, basically they're working off of dues money. That's where, they're, you know, that's where the revenue comes from to the union, dues money. They mm-hmm. get a little bit of money from real estate, but it's bullshit but you what, what it is. So basically, um, if it wasn't, if the, if the Supreme Court yeah. had, a rule, <laughs> had a rule against unions, They'd be in big trouble. We would be we would be uh, bankrupt in no time. In no time, in, in, in less than a year. 
Right. Yes. And yes, and less than a year. Less than a year, of course. Less than a year. And 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 see the difference now, right? Where where the people that that Roger Tucson had working for him, and he expect if he paid them ten hours a day, expect him to be there ten hours. You you you're working ten hours. That's what your timesheet is going to reflect. They were organizers, so they right. were able to go out and collect that dues. That bunch that's up there now, if 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 dues check off were to be revoked by the Supreme Court. You couldn't get those guys to go out and collect anything. No, I no. mean, you know, I mean, they're not leaving the country club. No, they, these guys can't even hand out flyers. They're going to go and ask somebody for money. For money, if, oh, of no. course not. No, you had a crazy country club. Let me ask you something, Joe. Yeah. Because I um, they they doing these with the contract demands. Have you seen that? Yeah. Why are they putting pension um stuff on contract demand sheets? I mean, you know it. it Truth be told, ma- management could put in a contract that they they will go with the union to the to, to Albany to, to 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 you know act together in one kind of pension reform positive piece or another. But um, just in touching on that, because pension and, and other things, we can't when you when you ask the members to prioritize what you're really doing. This is a trick. What you're really doing is you're, 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 you're already making an excuse ahead of time for not getting something. Well, the members said they, they, they marked it a five. What if the members decided to say that their health benefits wasn't important? What are you going to do as a conscious, educated union person? You're going to go up there and tell management we don't want benefits because the, the members said they don't want it? <laughs> you mean, know, I mean, that's, it's the stupidest thing ever to put up there and prioritize. What's right. even stupid, more stupid and it's is like that. They, and it's also like they don't have no point of view. Right, exactly. Well, I mean, I mean, they, the leadership they, has no point of they, view. The top officers have no point of view. They, they, Just throw it wide open. Let me tell you something. They telling you how to think. How yeah. you gonna tell somebody everything can't be a one? You know what? That's what I did in East New York. I told everybody, you know what? I consider every one of these things important and anything else for that matter. So we're marking them all one. So exactly. I, I ran into the, this union guy at 179th Street. They, I guess they can't put the face to the name, so I, you know, I, I heckled him a little bit and I asked him about the pension thing. He said, you know what, you're right, it shouldn't be there. I said, these don't even seem like views of an RTO worker. Who put this together? He said, oh, I think it was the education department. <laughs> Nick Bedell. Exactly. It's amazing, isn't it? <laughs> and you're right about the pension thing. And to tell you the truth, I mean, what, now all of a sudden you're worried about pension? Pension, the only, you can't get a pension improvement without curing tier six. Tier six buried tier four. I mean, it's like that's it. You yeah, know? That, yeah. That, I mean, I, I think they use it to arouse to get people think that that they for the cause. Because I, it was another union rep at Stillwell, and and this person, I asked them the same thing, and they didn't really know. An elected delegate didn't really know, and I asked the guys at the table. I said, "What you wrote? What's more important to you? Oh, the um pension tier six, pension tier six. I said, "Why are you not explaining to these guys that this is not going to be handled during contract?" negotiations and you know the person is there like well um well um i said no you need to tell them that it's not you're selling them a dream they said that the most important thing on this paper for them was the pension i know and then you heard steve downs come in here and say um pension is a non uh uh, non is not mandatory uh subject of bargaining so i mean they 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 try to get you know they try to get both sides of the subject they they put it on their survey Mm -hmm. but at the same time they say that you don't have to talk about it you know why i know why they put it on a survey it's more no tier four workers is coming down here obviously everything is tier six now Mm -hmm. so they trying to just get their stuff together to 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 
sway the, the tier six workers. For the next election. Yeah, for the next election. That's all it is for them. I mean, you know, it's, it's a sad thing. I mean, we, the, the whole history of it, our organization, our movement, were the only ones talking about tier six even before it was enacted. And we were like, why is the union silent on it? So finally, what the union did, they put out a victory flyer. It's a victory. For years, for yeah. years, for a good four years, they said it was a victory. That, yeah. That's about it. Yeah. I mean, so what is 2555? If you can't afford to retire on it, what difference does it make? That's true. Because it's fifteen, <laughs> what, $15,000 um, cap. Now, have you looked at any of the miscellaneous things? You, you seen the LM2s, um, John? Uh, I seen it very uh, very quickly. I looked at it. Did you see any of the miscellaneous? Like, I mean, we we mentioned the steakhouse. Yes, that's a that's. There's no excuse. For that's that. right around the corner from two Broadway. So, so basically, you already know <laughs> who you doing business with. Exactly. Who you, who you taking to dinner on our down? I know. Even the worst golfer can hit a golf ball from management's door to that steakhouse. Now, mm-hmm. I, right? I, I see something up here from a florist. Six thousand six hundred and fifteen dollars. How many funerals did they support? That's, <laughs> That's what I want to know. Whoa. Where's all these flowers? Who are they buying flowers for? All right. Well, I mean, I, I, that we would have to see a detailed breakdown. But if, if, for instance, you know, members have family members have passed away, some kind of tragedy takes place. They call $6,000 worth. I know. I know. But that's why we'd have to see the breakdown. But it, it, is, it, is, it is known. And, and let me just point this out. It is known that they, they do send flowers and stuff like that. But. In the past, it always said Local 100 or our Local 100 family. Now, Samuelson's got his name on there like it came from him. You know, he <laughs> loves throwing my money around with his name on it. I, I don't know if I should say this. Say it, man. Say, say it. it. Hey, go uh, ahead. Say my it. father died in uh, November 2001, and, I, and the locals did send a, a wreath. There was a wreath from TW Local 100 at the, at the wake. That happens. But I want to get back to the steakhouse thing. <laughs> you know why? Because $35 for a pork chop. Yeah. When, I hungry, go, yeah. when I go. They should have went to Peter Luger's. Well, I, I don't even like Peter Luger's, to tell you the truth. And I've never been in that um, Nebraska steakhouse. But um, let's say Morton's, which I do like to go to. Um, I pay a lot of money to go in there. I mean, these guys are just riding my money. I mean, it, it, my, the $6 million and the $2.6 million and all the stuff I just talked about, these guys are just blowing it. I don't care who was in town or what party there was that you couldn't find a more reasonable establishment you know, to, uh, to go to than you got to go and bring you know, whoever the hell it was, management or some out-of-state person, to Nebraska Steakhouse and, and, and blow that kind of money. I think they should have handed out a, a, a sheet and asked the cleaners where they like to eat and take take the people. You 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 mis you mistreating these cleaners and these people on these lower titles. You know what I'm saying? Right. And you know they it's crazy. I mean, there's, there's no thing on the LM2 about for uh, pet. Well, Pat Mark closed several months ago. And oh, they right? got they got but they got they, Costco. Is that they on got, it? No, because they, I know in the they past they got Costco uh, stuff. Costco, yeah, yeah I saw it. Would, well, uh, John Sanders spend a lot of money listen, at Pat Mark. You you are never gonna really know what they're spending their money on unless you have a proper audit. Now in 2010, and I think I shared it with you guys. Is that the font was very small because a lot of information was like 56 pages. Do you remember I gave that to no, you? No, I the got that. Yeah, I looked at it. It's, a, it's an itemized breakdown right. of, of every dollar. That, no, <laughs> actually, it. It, yeah. was, yeah. it was just the, the unreported expenditures. That, w- that, that whole thing wasn't everything they spent. That was just what they, they, they never submitted receipts for. But the credit card expenditures, you know, came with, come, of course, with their own itemization and, and, and receipts. 
But if you look at, and, and you know, there's the saying, right? Leopards don't change their spots. If you look at the 2010 thing and you see how many times they went into P.J. Clark's. Yeah. And 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 sometimes three times a day. I got I got that. I still got it here with me. PJ Clark. What was it? Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. What they have? Steak and eggs. <laughs> steak sandwich, and then a, what they call that? Be- breakfast in bed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah breakfast in bed. How big is that? It a, a T-bone steak, cheese, eggs, which well, is great. great. <laughs> well, <laughs> look, look at the person who's the top officer of local hundred. He doesn't miss too many meals. <laughs> exactly. He loves to eat. So, so you see that if, you, if you're looking at the LM2s and you're looking at those expenditures, which are not itemized, they're just like one big lump sum. Yeah. Um, if you look at that old audit, and, and, and just, you know, just so you know, in 2001, we went back to, um, to, to try to audit them again, and they put up a stone wall. Now, you know, here's the thing. They're going to throw their lawyer in your face. Now, you've got to come back with one. Um, these kinds of things get, can get expensive. Now, the average member, I don't know. Can he come in there and audit that? I mean, let's say he, he even knew what he was talking about or what to ask for. No. He's going to have to bring a, a firm in there that's going to have to look at those books. The one thing that, that, that we are allowed to do, I don't believe it's in the bylaws, but it might be in the Constitution, is to audit the books. Well, the first thing they throw in your face is, well, why don't you tell us what you want to see, and then we'll show it to you. If you don't know what to ask for, you're not going to get anything. Oh, no. I, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm about to ask for I'm being directed for that. So it's going to definitely get done. Well, yeah. Now, right now, if anybody wants to know about expenditures, for instance, let's say you wanted to know about that um, steakhouse, write a letter to Earl Phillips. So you're the treasurer. You sign these checks. What, what, how many times were they in there? How many people was it? Who were they treating? Who was there? Uh, no, See another, what he says. Another thing, um, Barbara Dinehart, the neutral monitor. Yeah. Three, what, what? Excuse me? Did you say neutral? Yeah, my, uh, I mean, what, what's no, the Samuelson monitor. The Samuelson monitor. <laughs> Basically, that, that's what that is. Not neutral. The Stan, the Stan United monitor. Yeah, big time. Now, yeah. she got paid for three dates. She got paid, right? Yeah, three dates. She definitely got paid. The, Sixty-one. The, the, the neutral monitor got paid. Yeah, sixty-one thousand two hundred fifty dollars for three dates. I'm in the wrong business. Yeah. She, <laughs> she doesn't live here. I mean, it's really funny that, that, <laughs> that um, and, 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 and I, I remember seeing her at three, three different times. Um, the day of the election, the, the day of, there was a, a question and answer session prior to the, the kickoff of the election and the petitions, and one other time. Um, that was this time around, 2012. You know, we 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 had a we had her on the ropes a little more, um, but this time around she was like a no show. I think we went into the discount election um, this time around, and and it shows. But um, you know, we we we, I don't know. I can't justify that. Again, itemization is everything. If you're looking at LM twos and it just gives you a lump sum, you know you you could you could be confused on that. But I, I I know that that's BS that that they didn't earn that money either way because I as 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 the head of the opposition of the union I think I was a little more involved and um, she spent a whole lot of time writing you know uh, 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 get keeping in touch with us regarding protests and their protests against us and all the BS that took place there um, you know uh, accusing us of all kinds of stuff um, but. 
I don't know where that sixty one thousand comes from. I, I mean, I, I wish I would have got paid sixty one thousand dollars writing a few emails. Now another thing that bothered me is the um the they the the flyers that they print out. They use a few different companies, and I think one of them was like a hundred and twenty something thousand. The other one was like seventy thousand. Now for that, they could buy their own machine, their own press, and, and actually put the offices to work since they like to be in the condos a lot. Yeah, but you know, you know, you know why they 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 farm that work out? Because those guys can kick back. Now I'm not saying like bribery and stuff like that. Without a doubt. I mean, <laughs> without a doubt. Before 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 anybody throws a lawyer at me, let me just say that you know kicking back has a lot to do with you know also funding certain events, which also you know happen to be you know officer. Uh, you know, like showing off officers and stuff like that. So, so that happens too. And I still have my suspicions about campaign finance, but you know what? I mean, I'm not going to say them here and they would just be my opinion. But if I ever found out that some of these vendors were kicking money into, into, into the Stan United war chest, you know, shit would fly. <laughs> oh yeah. But I, I, but I have my suspicions because these guys, I mean, I don't know how, how could they come up with so much money and they, their fundraisers are disasters and nobody shows up. I mean, what are they going to tell me that? They had a fundraiser, 25 people showed up, but 1,000 people bought tickets? Get the F out of here. Yeah, you're right. I, I Come think on, it could, man. I think it could say that it might be able to be said that the theme of Samus and the company's uh, reign could be uh, kickbacks and givebacks. Yeah, well, that's it, 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 it. You know what it is? It's the worst part of the business that we're in is the politics part of it, but also the fact that you're beholden to vendors. We couldn't afford to pay for family day or you know even though family day is uh, in my opinion an insult to the membership um the way that we do it but we wouldn't be able to afford to pay for all that if it wasn't for the vendors but then again what, where are the vendors getting the money from they're getting the money from our members and and that was also something i wanted to bring up if you guys don't mind and that's the class action lawsuit against transamerica um since california there was a, a class action lawsuit against the the, the insurance company that 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 you know, milking our members, you know, um, they're all over them at, 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 at new, you know, when they come in, um, brand new in orientation. And, and, and the members don't know any better because, you know, they're told here, sign here, sign up. And they're looking at an insurance thing, but the, the local's logo is on there. So they think, oh, well, this is the union, you know, and the union needs me to sign up. But they don't realize that they really just signed. And, and, and meanwhile, the, the 401K and 457 guys sitting over in the corner, ain't nobody over there because nobody's directing them over there. Because the insurance is, is competing with the 401K 457 because the insurance is telling the members that this is a pension plan and it's not. It, what happened in California, just real quick, because I'm going to get to the bottom of this thing too. Um, it's the same thing, universal life, same thing. Um, it's the same product. Um, as people got older... Um, you know, let's say you retired already and you were now in your late 60s um, and then all of a sudden the insurance is telling you, yo, your, your, your cash value is used up. Um, if you want to continue your life insurance, we're going to have to raise your rates about $600 a year. And you're like, what? I mean, right now you're on a fixed income and your life insurance is telling you that, no, 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 what happened was this. You... You know, over time, we didn't raise your rates, but we were taking the, the, the rates as they were going up because you were getting older, and we had to maintain your coverage that we started taking the money out of your cash value. But you didn't know that. Or maybe they sent you a letter and you didn't read it. Whatever. Right. But you, nobody explained that to you in the beginning. And, 
And as a matter of fact, what they did was they promised you, for instance, let's say, oh, yeah, after 20 years, uh, this thing's going to be worth $90,000. And it's, it's, it's like a, a supplemental pension, but it isn't. And Local 100 members right now, and Roger Toussaint talked about it, kicking them off the property back in 2003, I think, the e-board. Yes, I remember him saying that. Right. And there was, there was you know, um, um, a, a, a lawsuit, um, Greg versus the TWU. Um, where Sonny Hall had to testify, and they all testified about how this um, this this insurance is a bag of shit. Forgive my language, and 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 now they're back again. But why are they back again? Because they're back again because they're gonna they they, they kick up some some payola to make the um, leadership look good. And then they're exclusive on the property too. They're exclusive on the property, but they are they they were ranked very low as far as like the big insurance companies across the country, and of course they're selling us the worst bag of. A crap um, insurance. insurance. Yeah, yeah, it's not good. I mean, unless you drop dead like right away, it isn't really good for you. <laughs> and you would be better off. There's two reasons why it might be good for you. You drop dead right away, but also if, isn't, for instance, you're uninsurable, then then you don't you're not getting a um a physical. Right. You don't have to worry about going to the outside and getting a physical. Right. right. Everything is done through the job. Right. right. Isn't he, there something in the new contract, that the current contract, that you're better off dead? If, uh, yeah, it was a dead man's contract. Yes. Isn't there something yes. in it, though? You, you better off if you die during this contract. Yeah, yeah. Didn't yeah. they say there was a big improvement in that? <laughs> yeah, it was definitely a dead man's contract. But nothing is, 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 is as strong, in my opinion. I mean, because, look, we don't all die young. We're not all dropping dead all over the place. Eventually, we will. But most of us do live to a, you know, a decent age. And so your best, the best life insurance policy you have available to you is a fully funded 401k and 457 and i would go outside off the property and find something better than what they're selling us now because all you're doing is putting good money after bad now getting back to that lawsuit so the class action was won by the plaintiffs and and now we face a similar situation here in new york except nobody's old enough to have gotten screwed yet so, so if, if a class action was to take place in New York and somebody was to pick up on that, what, what would be the, the remedy? Would, would they have to sign a letter saying that what we promised you, you're going to get? Because where's the law on that? And I think insurance laws vary state to state. So what might go in California might not go in New York. Of course. No. But we do have to warn the members. Now, he, he is, here's another thing, right? The union and, 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 and the insurance, the, the broker, M3 Technology, are working close together. Right to sell this Transamerica stuff. Anybody who steps on that toe, you know there's a big baseball bat coming to try to bat your ass out of here and don't you come back and start bad-mouthing our money. But, but what, we're, what we're really finding is that members are, are putting good money after you know, not so good. And, um, and we want to be able to give them the full facts to make a, a good decision um, and, and, and tell them if they want to opt out of that insurance how to do it. And I, believe me, if you call up, the, the first thing that they, they, they're trained to do is to talk you out of it. What? You don't want life insurance? You crazy? Oh. You're like, okay, and you hang up. You know, you've got to want to get off that insurance, but also have a decent alternative. And it's not, it's not for me even somebody that puts out information to the membership to say, you know, this is the insurance you should buy because that's not for me to say that. I have my, my, my life insurance through the VA, which is, which is, is a good life insurance because it's, it's, it's greatly discounted. But, um, you know, everybody's circumstances are different. And I, don't, I certainly wouldn't want to tell somebody who, who can't pass a physical to drop their life insurance. And don't yeah. they, when uh, I hear the new, guys, new folks are hired, that 
in the orientation, union orientation, this, uh, this, this insurance is pushed very, very heavy, and that the members aren't even, the members think they're signing like, well, here you sign up for, you're gonna pay union dues. You authorize the union to take dues out of your paycheck. And it's, it's the members, some of the new people coming in, think this is all, yeah, yeah, you sign up for this insurance, this and that. I think a lot of these folks don't know, they, they don't have to no, take I, this, I, but I, they think, it, they I, think I, it's part of the whole routine. No, you know? I, yeah, right. Here I, you I, sign I, up, no. you're a union member, here you sign this, you know. Be, being that I came in 2013. If this insurance is good, why isn't it explained exactly. to somebody? Be, being that I came in 2013, <clears throat> induction, it was crazy because it's like we giving away all our money, signing our signing away all these papers and we like damn we gonna be broke by the time we get a, a check absolutely everything is about money 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 it is and and tier six people already paying six percent and now they're sucking that insurance out of you too come on man yeah, like yeah. i said the only thing worthwhile is that 401k 457 especially yeah. tier six now because pension's not yeah, as valuable yeah, as it was yeah so it like i, I want to go back to the lm2s for a second and you know for those who don't know um the lm2s it's basically a, a breakdown of how the union spend the money. It's not an itemized breakdown, but more of like a category breakdown. Can I say that? Like of the officers? Right. It's, it's, it's labor management reporting and disclosure. The LM2 is the form itself, and it, it, it's what the union submits to the government. Yeah. Oh. Now, could the union manipulate? Well, I wouldn't if I was them because if the government right. came in to audit and found out that you were bullshit and you're in a lot of trouble. You're, trouble, yeah, you're yeah. talking about like jail time. Now, my thing is this, because I, 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 every time I go through these LM2s, I see something new. Advertising in the daily news, $69,000. Um, how many dates? Six dates. When was that? What did we do that for? 3-11-2015, 4-15-2015, 7-6-2015, 2015 11-6-2015, Well, I know that the ones from October and November were like, you know, so Samuelson can use the members' money to, like, campaign. Yeah. But um, I can't imagine what we were fighting because we don't fight anything. <laughs> and and that, is, that is the problem. That is the problem of uh, the whole Samson company the whole time. What does it... You know, he gets that much money. What does he actually do? Yeah, now. What fight does he lead? Where's there been a fight about anything the last six years? Where are rallies? Where are rallies? Where are all the different things that Local 100 did? Local 100 did under Roger Tucson. But you know what? Local 100 did this under all these other presidents, too, since I started in 1979. The other presidents went through the motions. I'm an opponent of John Samuelson. And I ran against the, we on the ticket against him when he got in. But okay, I'm an opponent of his. But once he got in there, I was shocked that he didn't do anything. I thought once you get in there, okay, I'm against you. I'm against you, you won this and that, you guys won. I thought you go through the motions, you do something. I was shocked when I didn't see almost none of this. I saw the layoffs came about four months into his uh, uh, being in power. And I remember going around talking to station agents. Station agents were one of the biggest uh, titles that got hit with those layoffs. And I said, yeah, there were, I remember that night going around the night before. There's a rally tomorrow. Do you know about it? No, we haven't got nothing. And, you know, as a track, as being in track, you could go around to different, you know, you go around to different work locations to work. I would talk to cleaners. I would talk to, 
you know, as you run into people, you talk to uh, station agents. And one station agent told me, oh, we, we got to fly the night before. Yeah, it was a secret. Now, here, here, here's the title, being most affected by this. And you're not organizing them to come out and do anything. And the local and the whole history up until then, even though I didn't like some of those people that were presidents, they went, they did certain things. They went through the motions. And at certain times, they also did stuff because there was opposition that was uh, pushing them to do certain things. But things were done. Things were done. I think since 2010, I don't see nothing being done. That's because the union is an arm of management. People could think I'm joking about talking about 195 Lindston. 195 minor you being a crazy country house i'm just joking i'm just saying things for jokes and for humor I, i'm telling the you know that's a lot of jokes have some basis in truth <laughs> i believe that that's you know? right of course and that joke has that. that joke has 99 to 100 percent basis in reality sure i mean you you you, you know i wish that i didn't have to tell that joke i wish that you know <laughs> i wish i wish that i would wish that wasn't true i wish they got out there and did something even yeah. though i'm an opponent of them I still wish they would do something, but for some reason, they don't seem to do it. You can't, I, right, and, and you can't, I mean, there's just, when you're looking at the LM2s and you're looking at the expenditures there, and you see that nothing is really for anything except parties. Like, for instance, let's just look at Station Agent of the Future, right? Just one attack. Like, I, I, that's I, like Chef of the Future? Yeah, Chef of the Future. I, I, station Agent of the Future was something about where they were going to broadband um, station agents and make them do all kinds of stuff, right? Um, other than, you know, sell Metro cards. Now, instead of, like, you know, being down there and handing out flyers to the, to the passengers, and, and you know, even if they're half flyers, just something quick for them to read, get them on the train, we, we used to do that. Um, let them know that, no, nah, you, you want that guy in that booth and you want his full attention. You don't want him upstairs sweeping the stairs. You want him in that booth giving you all the attention if there's anything going on, emergency announcements, um, calling the police, you know, everything that, 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 that we don't get credit for that we actually do, instead of saying that to the public that this is why you want these guys there. And instead of saying that, what are we doing? We agreed with them, and, and, and we decided to, to, to surrender and give up land and say, okay, we're going to draw a new line over here and say, yeah, well, maybe they can do a few more things. And, 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 and when the station agents are saying, what the hell are you doing? They're like, well, you know, we got to save your job. There are a lot of ways to save jobs. One of the ways to save jobs, which I don't agree with, is surrender because that's what, we, that's, that's what they're doing. Yeah. I mean, it's... The, I, I still don't understand how, how, how we can lose an election and, and all the sections that we were winning, you know. I mean, but station agents elected this, the, 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 a new section, and they were the people that ran with us for division. And, and, and the thing was, you know, just on a simple premise of no snow duty, they didn't want to shovel snow. But that's what they wanted the station agents to do. And, and the union's like, yeah, okay, because they don't want to fight. They would rather surrender. So when you're looking at the LM2s and you're looking at expenditures and you say, okay, there was daily news advertisement, the daily news is a well-read newspaper. You know, a lot of people read it. It's a rag, but people read it. And if you're going to put an ad in there, and if it says, you know, this is why you want station agents, and yes, that money is well spent. But if it's like, you know, um, bullshit, you know, like whatever, just to promote Samuelson for the elections, then no, we got robbed. I mean, even yeah. with the numerous printing companies that they use, because they, they don't only use one. 
They use numerous printing companies. But don't they have? Yeah, right. Are, aren't there printing machines at one ninety five? Yeah, but not to do the because mass. Because we they were printing machines. Not to do the at, mass. Uh, 60, not to do the mass work. That, that they, the, not to do the mass work that oh, they. Oh, sometimes when you that do. they that they paying for. You know what I'm saying? Why don't they use that to put out the information like you said, Joe? Well, well I would. I if it, uh, t- the mail room that we used to have um, back in the day. That used to do all of our work. We didn't. We yeah, didn't. that's what I was getting done. Yeah, the, the, getting any outside contractors were people that maintained those machines. They weren't. They didn't do our flyers for us. I mean, I think it's a, it's a lot of you know, I, like you said, they are, the union is is an arm of management now, and and like I'm even glad you said it. Even Joe actually said it before me, <laughs> but um, the thing he, like the shop steward like Jamel could contest to this. I was happy to experience it. But as soon as I left that class, I said, "Yo, this is some bullshit." Yeah. I, I said, "I said this is some bullshit," and and <laughs> and and even when they was putting out the flyer recently, the they said the program covers TWU history, contract knowledge, grievances, how to respond to discipline, medical appeals, organizing and mobilizing, and communication skills. Half of that. The local 100 president is bad at. <laughs> because so, I don't remember the part about learning how to mobilize and organize. I don't remember that. Why, why is he having such a hard time learning that? Mobilize and organize is something that they probably put there because we've been screaming it for years. But, <laughs> you know, just to like, oh, look, we're doing it too. But, um, yeah, the, you, you don't get that in there because that's the most important thing. And then, and then, yeah, and then, I, you know, I, Nick, me and Nick Bedell, we going back and forth in the, in the Facebook group. And, you know, he's upset that I'm feeling this way. But I told him. I said those uh, certificates that you give out, they shouldn't say shop store. They should say thanks for attending four classes. <laughs> for real. Right? That's exactly. all you need. Thanks yeah. for attending four classes. I want to say Thanks so for coming kind of, here and eating our pizza. Pizza? Oh. Wait, wait, did they yeah, have we, pizza? You didn't even get pizza? No, we didn't get pizza. Well, we got <laughs> pasta and a salad. <laughs> And we got uh, and we got some sodas, some okay. water, yeah. So dude, that, that's basically what we got. But, you, you know. you but meanwhile, the guys at Two Broadway got yeah, yeah right. They got <laughs> Nebraska, they, right? They they got thirty <laughs> ounce porterhouse steaks, yeah, yeah. pork chops. You heard me? Yeah, thirty ounces. You heard me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what the, what for real, with the onions. What with the, the hell onions. did you spend five thousand five thousand dollars on? Like, who did you take? How many people did you take? Yeah, I'm telling you. That's 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 these guys showing off. I mean, as long as they got that credit card, you know, and and, and we're paying the bills, pull it out. Yeah, and I hope you took Pendergast to, to dinner. Shoot, Lord <laughs> knows we need the help for the contract. You well, know what we, remember that they were loader about the cheeseburgers. Remember, a loader was saying, "Yeah, John and I would often go out for cheeseburgers." <laughs> How many would he? Eat? Who said that? Remember loader when he was running oh, for mayor? Oh, oh. Yeah. Oh man, it's it's just so much like. For the for the progressive action people out there listening, you we, we go we about to get real focused and focus on on something that we could attain and tackle because everybody who has come here, especially you, Joe, come with good ideas and um, you know you come with paperwork. What I would say is that not the paperwork that you're currently working on, but the information that you have posted on the site because we can't keep people in the dark. We got to enlighten more than the show. Sometimes they need to see and read for themselves along with hair, you know what I'm saying? So they won't think, like, I, I feel good that you bring me all this information. And, and, and Jamel feels good also, but we need to let the people see. Post, post it around. Because the, the Samuelson administration didn't prepare for this. 
and it's hard for them to prepare for this. Mm-hmm. They did not see this coming. Right. And and, you, and, you know, and another thing I want the people to know is that these these LM2s that come out annually, and we're what, around March or April, Joe? Yeah, like, end of March. Yeah. End of March, okay. These LM2s can be found on the U.S. Department of Labor website, okay? And if you want the- um, Give it to fi- the file number, yeah. Right. If you want the file number, you can email us at ProgressiveAction100. No, nah, dot- just give it to them on the show. It's 003-424. I know about heart. Oh, okay. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I think it's the so, same number every year. It's the same number every year. Same number every year. Same number every year. That's right. How much more time do we have? Uh, we have 15 minutes. Yeah, 15 minutes. Yeah, so- um. So I'm going to hit on a couple of things. Uh, uh, but if y'all want to look at the LM2s yourself, you go to the uh, the site that Jamel said or Google it and type in that file number 003424. We'll give you the local. I forgot the international one off top. But if you want that, then you can hit us on email. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, basically that's that lets people know where we're getting our information from. We're not making it up. This is real information, folks. Yeah, whatever we have, we, we will share. We want to enlighten everybody. Because there's no, we don't want to be like everybody else and keeping people in the dark. That's what that administration is doing. We want to enlighten people. The more people who who's smart out there, the better. Yeah, yeah I want to hit on a couple things. Uh, hopefully, I'll do them quickly because uh, you know, uh, two things will be rebuttals to the things that Steve Down said in this debate with Roger. Another thing I'd like to talk about, make sure we talk about, is tier six. And there was one thing I left out of uh, talking about shop stewards. That that will be real quick. I always had a problem with shop stewards in that some shop stewards really take the job seriously and really do it. I've seen other shop stewards, people be shop stewards, and they tell a few people they're shop stewards, but they never do nothing. They do absolutely nothing. But that's all, so it's always funny, well, how should the shop stewards be this, how should shop stewards do that? Well, the shop stewards have to, once you're a shop steward, you gotta, you gotta make sure that you're a shop steward that's active, that really sticks up for people, you know? And I've, I've seen places where, well, I've seen a lot of times shop stewards who do absolutely nothing. But once again, I don't want to hit too heavy on that because uh, that's hitting the person down at the bottom. Uh, you know, the, this, the people at the top of this union, people running this union or the people that are really at fault. Uh, two things with Steve. Steve talked about, uh, you know, he made as if the progression to top pay that it's now six years, right, the top pay, that is no big deal. I think at one point he said it was, he said somehow it was uh, uh, okay, necessary give back. Was his word something like that, and also I forgot the exact words. Yeah, it was he a said, necessary give back and desirable. Get, almost, the, I could be using the wrong word there, desirable, but it was something like that. That, it, but it was like he was making the point uh, that it's no big deal. Okay, Steve was a leader in new directions. New directions. When I started, nineteen said, like I said, November '79, top pay was one year, one year to top pay, and then those contracts, those contracts in the '80s and to the '90s where a lot of givebacks happened. But one giveback that happened a lot of, uh, several times was it was extended. The time the top pay was extended. Now, Steve, being a leader of New Directions, always railed against this, said this stunk. And we would go around, we would tell people this contract stinks, and you know, uh, we would list uh, maybe a dozen things or 10 things, whatever, and one of them would be, hey, we think it stinks that these guys, top pay right now, say, is two years and say it went to two and a half years, or it went to three years. 
And then when, whenever that happened in the contract, we in New Directions, and Steve Downs is one of the leaders of New Directions, would say, well, here's another reason that you should be voted down. We shouldn't screw over the people coming in. That's one rebuttal. Another rebuttal is talks about the officer's salaries. Steve was one of the people, so once again, he was a leader of New Directions, and he, was, he took that, he really went with that. And I'm a, I was a member of New Directions all the time. I was, uh, I was three quarters of the way in on the thing of the salaries being low, you know? He, but he was, you know, hit, you know, hitting the table. But this thing about people can't make too much more than the, or, or they shouldn't make, or they shouldn't make more than the members, you know. And now he's like, now he's the chief of staff to a guy that does a part-time job and makes two hundred seventy-one thousand dollars, and it's water <laughs> off a duck's back. It's no big deal. Wow, poor one off a duck back. I can tell you, I, I can tell you, I can go back, go back to history in new directions. Uh, some people, uh, RTO, decided to be uh, Willie James offered them staff jobs, and they became part of staff, and they were from RTO. And I believe it was four people. And when they did that, and after a while, they, they cut ties with new directions, maybe a year later down the road, whatever. That's neither here nor there to what I'm going to say now. Steve and other people argued that since these people were making, say, 20000 more than if they were just a train operator now or a conductor, that they should give the extra, that $20,000 they make more, they should give it into New Directions coffers. This is how much Steve believed in that officers shouldn't be making a hell of a lot of money. And I argued, no, I didn't agree. That person, uh, is New Directions going to help pay them their taxes when they have to make out taxes on April 15th? If they have to pay more taxes, is New Directions? Or the people arguing that they have to give their money to New Directions, are they going to help them if they have to owe taxes? I said no. My thing was, we, we, I was on the executive board at that time, and we said, we argue, on the we argue on the executive board, I was on the executive board. The things that we argue for on the executive board, they being now as members of staff, should be arguing the same things when they have their staff meetings. That's what I felt they should be doing. Not that they should throw in, if I make fifteen or $20,000 more because I'm an officer, I should throw that fifteen or $20,000 into New Directions coffers. No, they should be arguing the same things that some of us, a bunch of us on the executive board are arguing. So Steve did a whole turnaround on this thing of uh, officers pay pay for officers. Mm. Very conveniently, he has done a turnaround from a 20 tool. years ago uh, or whatever. And the last thing i like to talk about, if we're tier six, if- we got three minutes. Three minutes, okay. Uh, tier, one of the things that, tier, oh, this is also a rebuttal to Steve. Once again, this is also a little while, this contract came a little while after tier six happened. So these new guys are paying more, proportion more. Uh, you are, right? Mm -hmm. you, you know, you are paying it. You're paying more. But now you also progression. Now people that came in after that contract, when was the contract? 2014. Sometime in 2014. Tier six happened in the, I believe like June. 2012. 2012, something like that. April 2012. April 2012. Right. And, and then and so about two years later the was the contract. Right, the contract. Now, exactly so those people that came after the contract, they're not just being hit with paying more of a proportion into tier six and all the other bad things of tier six. But they're also going six years to top pay. Uh, it doesn't say that in the contract. 
Oh, it, it says five years, 90%. Five, 90, that's where it ends. And it never says what, where they get 100%. Yeah, exactly. Maybe they'll never get 100%. You never get that. <laughs> they could be down there 20 years and they're in the same title. They're, they're still only get 90%. According to that, I don't know. Maybe, yeah. that, maybe that's wrong. Well, according to the language, that's right. That's what it says. But <laughs> the point I'm making, Steve said that that's no big deal. Of, uh, of progressions changing, like I just said before. Well, your progressions are changing after you just, uh, after you just screwed, got screwed with this uh, defective, compared to what we had, uh, pension plan. Yeah. And a thing on top of this, they also, all you members who are in tier six, you all live in the metropolitan area. This whole metropolitan area that we work, live in is uh, high pay, uh, high cost of living. Mm-hmm. And even some members who live in the Poconos, you got to take your car back and forth to the Poconos. So you don't get around, you're thinking you're getting around, not have to pay a lot of money for the cost of living, but you are paying a lot for the cost of living. These new members have to pay this high cost of living too. Meanwhile, they're paying more for their pension, a defective pension compared to us. And they also are, are getting lower pay and it takes them longer to get the top pay. Well, they're still living in this high cost of living places. Mm-hmm. You know, and I would say to you guys in tier six and you newer people, you need to get involved. You need to very much get involved. Go a uh, new direction started by one of the things we, we got involved. We, uh, we networked with people. We went to division meetings and we argued whatever our thing we wanted to argue was. We argued, we took, we found all kinds of forums, all kinds of places to argue certain points of view. You know, you guys in tier six, uh, you're the most affected by it. Some of you need to get angry. And I'm, not, I'm not too thrilled not telling people what to do, but you know, you need to get angry. You need to say you need to go to your division meetings and say what is going on here. And you need to get in touch when the union does do something, which they very rarely do, but if they do do something against tier six, you need to come out to it. You need to find a way for you to write a flyer. You yourself, you guys, you need to network with other guys. If you're in stations, picking stations, for instance, if other people in stations are in this boat with you and are pissed off and want to do something about it, start getting together. Write flyers. You little group that you get together, write flyers. Contact uh, Progressive Action. Contact uh, Joe Campbell. Joe Campbell, Transit Workers United. Contact them. Do a combination of a bunch of these things. This is the way things change that the people that are most affected by stuff, by a certain thing, if they really come together and really do something about it, this is how change is made. Everybody else, the rest of us, will be there for you, will be there for you, help you throw a few punches, but you gotta start, you gotta throw the first punches, and yeah. first, you, gotta, you gotta be up front throwing that, those punches. That, 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 was a good, that was a good way for you to sum it up. I love that, John. That was very good. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, Joe, you know? you're welcome. What, what would you like to, uh, to leave us with? All right. Well, you, you have you have a few minutes. The, you know, we we're going to be looking at a contract at the end of the year, and and I'm I'm really calling on everybody to you know not be so disenfranchised with the union and and just say you know what what they ain't going to do anything or you know it's already a done deal or whatever. But you know we're going to have to push them um, the same way we did in the '90s, and it was a when it when it when it when it came to like 1999 Manhattan Center and all that there was a great m- a moment in a, in the grassroots movement to push the union you know a, a, a union that the leadership was in opposition to its membership um 
and 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 this is probably something that we're going to have to do again you, I want everybody from going forward from this time on to keep that in mind and look out for everybody that's that's trying to organize grassroots um you know uh, uh events you know getting together getting everybody together demanding that the leadership you know start having rallies and start you know putting it out there um you know how we're being attacked and how we we need to go after management and then of course you know what we need to do is um we need to you know in the end well actually from this point to the end is watch and make sure that the union doesn't start giving back prior to the contract a clever way to try to sell a contract without so much you know give backs in the contract is to to be given back from from the road going forward watch what they do um somebody told me that you know that ta surface operators are already picking into mta bus depots i haven't seen that i was told that but that's an example of of how you could start giving back you can you can already give them regional bus um it was it was said by samuelson to to an officer that that in mta bus that um there was no way that he could get the significant pension contribution, the, the significant pension improvements in MTA bus without giving them regional bus. Regional bus, if anybody doesn't know, is just, it's, it's taking every bus company and putting them all together and your seniority goes out the window. You know, seniority being everything for a union. So this is why we resisted regional bus for so long. Um, you, you have like four different contracts on the property and nobody knows what their seniority is and it's a mess. You know, management takes full advantage of that chaos. But regional bus is something that we have to watch out for. The station agent of the future thing is something we have to watch out for. In MOW, watch out for, 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 for farming out. More and more farming out going on. You know, the union is pointing at us and saying, here, look, we're, we're organizing city bike and we're organizing those pedicabs and all that. And then over here, management is putting tracks together and they're, and they're redoing tunnels and, they're, you know, and, they're, and, 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 and contractors are coming in, you know, and... and, and Farming out is, is farming out more and more of our work every day. Um, you ask any structure maintainer whether they think that, you know, things have gotten better when it comes to farming our work out. No, they haven't. Um, these are things that we have to watch at going forward because if you're going to give givebacks, give them up front. And then, and then later on, come back with some BS like this, this Cuomo contract. <laughs> and just and like you know like oh here's your raise and then and then and then like because listen one day we're gonna we could do a whole episode on just breaking this down the, half of this contract is guys it's got stuff in it that we already had <laughs> you know wow. um women's committee um the <laughs> the the apprenticeship program the step program exactly I mean, it, it, it was there already and yeah. like you and like you said it's a death contract yes and 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 if you die you're there's good something in it there's something in it about actual debt that your family makes out if you die and oh, that's, yeah, yeah, i, I wasn't that, yeah. making, i was yeah. making a joke about that, yeah. you're better off dead with this country exactly yeah, yeah. so that's the only improvement so going forward you know i mean our website finally is uh, is up it's got you know minor content on it right now so it's, it's tell being the, tell the people to say worked on daily it's www.transportworkersunited.org and it is um we our old format was was a newsletter format which everyone found to be you know uh, quite tiring to look at this is a little more you know video type and 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 uh you know friendly to the person that you know doesn't want to read all that stuff but we but but like Tremel said we you know, about posting stuff up. Yes, definitely for you guys, pro progressive action, whatever I have.
but also you'll be able to find, you know, the audit that we talked about, be able to find LM2s, you'll be able to find like the latest grievances that are going on or the events because Transport Workers United isn't just a, um, you know, an opposition organization that, you know, just comes alive every three years. You know, we believe in, in, in social justice and we believe in getting involved in a political system. So, um, you know, find out what we're doing, you know, where we're doing it, and, um, and, and hopefully you can join in. You know, contact us at transferworkersunited uh, at, 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 um, at gmail.com. And, um, and, and ask where you can jump in. And we'd be, we'd be glad to have you on board. Right, that sounds good. We'd like to thank John McCarthy, Joe Campbell for coming through once again. Thank like you. I said, um, Joe, you know, whenever, whenever you want to come, John, same thing with you. I think we got to do a show with you by yourself. <laughs> sounds good. Sounds good. It, it, was a, it was a pleasure being here. Pleasure talking. It was a, All right, no problem. Oh, yeah, the, oh, yeah, the pleasure fantastic. was definitely here, too, also. Yeah, yeah, you know, without a doubt. It's, it, was, you know, it was very insightful to give people a little bit of history on the 1980 strike and, and what was going on in the climate at that time because no matter what, when it comes to these things, there's always, well, when it comes to a lot, everything in life, there's always history behind it and why the, at the present day things is happening. So at, at that present day, at that moment, you, you, you shed some light to people and even myself on, okay, this is why we were going out because it goes back to when, back in the mid 70s, if people know the history of this, in this city, where the city was broke and they were laying people off but transit workers didn't get laid off and the system was just a decay. I mean, I can remember myself as a childhood how the subways and stuff used to look in the 80s. So I, I can remember, you know, I can only imagine, you know. Yeah. People would joke back then about the track workers and people working on the tracks that the system was being held together by glue, uh, by gum, by yeah. chewing gum. Look, we, of, of course, that's not the case, but that's the, that's, that's the look, saying. It, they held, it was held together by spray paint. paint. That's what it was held together spray by. Paint, yeah. <laughs> and, 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 but the workers back then, Y'all kept the system running, even with crappy equipment. I know those buses broke down like crazy. I was told those, but you know, and if you broke down, you waited forever for a road truck to come. But we gotta, we gotta save this for another show. We know, owe, we I owe know. I, oh yeah, yeah we can expand. Oh yeah, we can keep on talking. On these we gotta go. Yeah, <laughs> we, it was great, but we just kind of touched yeah, on it, them. It went fast, but look, it's next, great being here. Next, next week, we got um, Charles Barron on the show, <laughs> so it's gonna be crazy. Y'all need to tune in. Definitely. Y'all need to you know, tune in for that. We have a that's a New York State Assembly person. Yes, so, so he's gonna be touching on a lot of political things. And it's gonna be a very special show. So tune in. That was Progressive Action Show today. Thanks for tuning in, people. Peace.